the seven month long wait is officially over and 49ers regular season football is officially back. The Niners will head to Detroit to take on the Lions in the season opener and on this episode we will preview the Niners-Lions matchup, talk about what to watch for, all the headlines, the injury report and much more. We'll also take a look at the 49ers season outlook as the 2021 season is about to get started with high expectations on the horizon for the San Francisco 49ers ahead of the 2021 season. So make sure to keep a locked and stay tuned and don't forget to give the 49er way a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more Niners news and analysis. It is finally week one of the NFL season. Football season has arrived. Chevy, happy game day, my guy. Happy game week. Thank you so much. Oh, I'm so excited to watch the first game of the football season tonight between the Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Oh, oh, football's back, baby. Feels nice. Football is back most definitely. And yes, of course, it all gets started tonight with the Dallas Cowboys and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then our Niners will get started Sunday afternoon in the early slate. They will head to Detroit to take on the Detroit Lions on Sunday. I mean, there's a lot of lead up to this. It's been a long seven-month offseason. I can't wait for this thing to get started. We got an incredible team after what we did in the offseason. And a lot of stuff to to get to and you know starting with this game and then later on we'll take a look at just the season outlook as a whole obviously since it's week one and this is gonna be the longest season ever but heading into week one from what we saw in the preseason what are some things that you're looking forward to on Sunday when the Niners take the field Oh, I'm looking forward to some of the key comeback players. You know, Nick Bosa is one of the guys I'm so excited to watch. He's just a dog when he's on the field. And, you know, he really got his sophomore season taken away from him. And I think he would have taken a huge leap from his uh, rookie year where he was the defensive rookie of the year. He was dominant in that. And I'm so excited to see him feast and make that defensive line strong again. Because the, the addition of Bosa is so key because it moves every single piece down and, and there's less people. Everyone's worrying about Bosa, allowing guys like Armstead and Kinlaw to get in there and, and get easy matchups, maybe even D Ford. But, uh, you know, so I'm really excited for him to come back. Um, I, I'm very excited to see that this offense work. You know, there, there's a couple new pieces, uh, but when this offense is healthy, uh, you know, we haven't seen this offense healthy all together at once. Seeing Ayuk, Samuel, and Kittle with Jimmy G, it, it's going to be so much fun. I, I'm just so excited for this game. And, of course, it's against the Detroit Lions, one of, one of, one of the lesser teams in the NFL right now, I would say. They're, they're on, like, a bit of a rebuild. So uh, it, it's going to be a fun time being a Niners fan. Let me just say that. Bro, the the Lions have been rebuilding for like twenty years. <laughs> like I, I, I mean, it's been rebuilding and just every year. I mean, I don't know when. I mean, sure they had a few years with onto the wild card round, but I mean, other than those few Calvin Johnson years, it's it's been they the wasted same. Stafford's career. It, it, it's awful. It's awful. Exactly, exactly. And thanks to them, and thanks to the Lions wasting yeah, his I career. Know. Now, now we have to deal with him twice oh. a year. So thanks oh. a lot. 
But um, two things, <laughs> two things you mentioned from that piece about Nick Bosa is one, I think definitely the defensive line as a whole, we saw a drastic drop off from the pressures that our D line dealt with once Bosa went down last season. I mean, it was almost as if our D line just didn't even exist up until like, I think it was week 10 against New Orleans. That's when I was like, okay, this is like our best game that we've had that our D-line has played all year. I think week six against the Rams was pretty good too, but nowhere near as good as what it was, you know, in 2019. So they struggled a lot mightily, and later in the year they got better. And I think Fred Warner was a really, really, really big reason as to why our defense was even close to even a top 10 defense last year. He kind of just held this team together because we were falling off the seams in terms of depth. But Nick Bosa... I mean, it is going to be really, really nice to see the impact he makes. I'm not going to expect it to happen right away instantly in this game because he's coming back. But from everything that I've heard out of camp is similar to what we heard in 2019 because Bosa was also dealing with some, I can't remember what it was, I think it was a quad tightness or something in 2019. They held him out, came week one and boom, it was just, it was over from there for offenses. So I'm hoping that that's kind of how it seems. And of course, D Ford as well. So the impact of both of them and how that opens up things for everyone else. Eric Armstead's a name to keep an eye on this season because he had a breakout 2019 season. And then last year, he kind of dropped off and he just couldn't get going. And a lot of us pointed out the loss of Nick Bosa for the reasoning that Eric Armstead wasn't able to be productive. So I'm kind of curious to see that too in that way because Eric Armstead, here's the thing. I know we gave him a crap ton of money I know everyone's like, you know, we named him a captain and he should be better and blah, blah, blah. But here's the thing with Eric Armstead. He's never really been that guy to take over a game. He's more of the guy where if you can help create space for him, he will attack. If you kind of know what I'm saying. Nick Bosa, yeah. he can take over a game. He, We've seen that single-handedly that he can take over a game. But having him, he will help enable... Eric Armstead and kind of open up his game because when you have Bosa, Defoe, who was there in 19, that opened up Eric Armstead's game. That's something that I'm looking forward to on Sunday and really going forward as the season progresses. And then the other thing you pointed out too was the thing that I'm also looking out for with Nick Bosa is the same thing that I looked at with Jimmy Garoppolo in 2019 because he was out for the same amount of time right in 2018 that Nick Bosa missed in 2020. And when Garoppolo came back, I was like, wow. This is what it's like to have a, a starting quarterback again, right? And we went 13-3, won the Super Bowl. Last year, our defense was like, damn, this is like deja vu for what our defense has been like the last like six, seven years, right? Ever since Harbaugh left. Now, Bosa's back, and it, I hope that I get that kind of moment where I'm like, all right, we, we're back. Like, our, our defense is back. So that's something that I'm kind of looking out for in this matchup. Yeah, I think the defensive line's a big component for this matchup because one thing that the Detroit Lions have right now that they don't have much, but their offensive line is stacked. Like It is a really good offensive line. And getting Panay Sewell in there at tackle is, is such a great addition to that line. And, and they're going to be running the ball a lot. And, you know, we, we really need to see our defensive line just – just be better. They, they, they got they got to set the tone. Uh, the the battle between the lines is going to set the tone for uh, the defense and the offense of the Lions uh, because you know our our guys are strong. Like with if Nick Bose is back, 
it, it's so hard to stop them. But but they have a really good offensive line, and uh, that that's one of the key matchups I think for the game to look out for. Because uh, you know DeAndre Swift's a pretty good back too, and, and he has a good line. So uh, I think it's going to be a good matchup for that line, and I'm really excited to just. As I said, I see, see the offense. I really think uh, the third wide receiver position is going to be interesting. I think uh, Trent Sherfield uh, will start as the third wide receiver. That is my guess. And uh, he deserves it. He had a great preseason. He's had a great camp. Everything sounds great out of there. And you know what? I'm excited to see this man eat. Yeah, no, you're definitely not wrong about that. I mean, we all know that the way that this Niners game you know, feeds off of is it starts in the trenches offensively and defensively. It starts in the trenches. So it is a big deal that they get after that old line. And, and you're not wrong. Taking a look at the Lions old line, it actually, I wouldn't call it really good, but it's not horrible because Taylor Decker's decent. Frank Ragnall's pretty good. Panay Sewell, obviously we know what he can do. He's a rookie. It's his first start, which I like. The fact that Bosa's first game back, he gets to take on a rookie tackle. But Sewell is no scrub. And then they got Vitae, a right guard from Philly, who's actually not that bad either. So the Lions have a fairly decent O-line, but there's still, I don't see a reason why our, our D-line should not eat them alive in this matchup. And of course, our good friend Jared Goff, who is starting for Detroit. And, you know, looking at the Niners record, we're 6-3 and three against Jared Goff since 2016. And all three losses came against Hoyer, Bethard, and Mullins. Fun stat of the day, or fun fact of the day, Jared Goff has never beaten Jimmy Garoppolo. The record is 4-0. Jimmy G won at the end of 2017 when we traded for him in that last game of the season. Beat him last year on a gimpy ankle in 2020 and then beat him twice in 2019. So there's your stat there. Garoppolo was unbeaten against Jared Goff. Hopefully that will continue going into this matchup and sticking with Jimmy Garoppolo for a second here. I mean, breaking news out of San Fran yesterday. Could you believe that Jimmy Garoppolo was announced as the starting quarterback. I mean, who who could have told you, man? I mean, <laughs> I mind blown. Oh my. Mind blown. My jaw just dropped. I could not believe that How Jimmy. Dare they? I know. I just oh my God. Shanahan had to be sold. No, like seriously, like, like, come on, man. I mean, Shanahan said it from the beginning. Like, yeah. I think the media just wanted to take this story as far as they could. And it just didn't work. Shanahan literally just toyed with them the entire offseason. And it was kind of funny because people kept buying it. They kept saying like, oh, he's not announcing the starting quarterback. That must mean something. It's like, no, like he was pretty cut and clear as to what his plans are. And you know what's funny is it's the exact same storyline that happened in the draft is happening this offseason. The exact same thing. In the draft, everyone was convinced that we were drafting Mac Jones, but it was Trey Lance the entire time. Here... Everybody, all or well, not really everybody, just the media. The media was convinced that it was a co- quarterback competition and Trey Lance was playing really well and he could push Garoppolo. But meanwhile, the entire time Garoppolo was the starter and Trey Lance is going to be brought along. So it seems as if like people just kind of make up these false narratives and they hear what they want to hear. But the truth is there. Shannon's calling it as it is. And it looks like as if Garoppolo is going to stay healthy. This is his team for the remainder year. We even voted him captain for a third straight year. So... I mean, for all those people out there that just don't think, oh, Trey Lance is going to start training. It's like, just chill out for a bit. And, if, and you know what? You know what makes matters even more likely for Jimmy G to continue to start? Trey Lance is, is already hurt. Right? He already hurt yep. his finger. Like, you don't want to risk that, which is why I believe 
we're not going to see a ton of the whole Trey Lance package and all. I think we'll see a little bit. If he's good to go, I think Shannon and Mike McDaniel are going to still use him. But I wouldn't say they're going to use him a lot and show their hand a ton when Trey Lance is not 100%. Yeah, I agree. You know, apparently today there's a video of Trey Lance throwing the ball for the first time since his finger injury, which is promising. Uh, you know, you, you like to see that. You like to see that he's uh, testing out the injury. And, you know, maybe he gets, if he is good to go and healthy and ready for Sunday, he may get a, a couple plays. But, yeah, as you said, I, I don't think they're going to use him much because I, I think they want to be cautious of the finger issue injury considering they weren't planning. Like, maybe they're not going to use him for as much as they were planning. Maybe they were planning to, you know, run it a bit as of a two QBs and uh, use Lance a bit more than uh, we would have expected. But now I think they're going to be a bit more conservative because Lance is more likely to take over really near the end of the season, I would say, or middle to end of the season. So because they're looking to middle end of the season, they're not going to try and uh, re-injure it or injure it more uh, so the finger injury is lingering throughout the season. They're going to try and give it as much rest as possible, let him sit on the sidelines and learn, come in for a play here or there, but but make sure that he's ready for when it's his opportunity to you know try and take over this offense, whether it's Jimmy G goes down. like They're not going to try and make Trey Lance play if he's not 100%. Yeah. Uh, absolutely, and I'm not, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't think that they would put him in a ton when you know that he's not 100. percent And it really just depends on on how he looks prior to Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. And then the other big headline ahead of this game, which I think is kind of important to note, is our cornerback depth, of course, because Emmanuel Mosley. It seems as if that he's not going to play. At least it's heading in that direction. He has not played it or practiced at all this week with a knee injury. Hence the reason why we signed Josh Norman, which I thought was quite a surprise, but now I don't think it's too much of a surprise. And then we also signed Dante Johnson again. See, I wasn't joking when I said last week, (laughs) Dante Johnson, the poor guy, we literally just cut him, sign him, cut him, sign him like every two weeks. But we brought him back up for more cornerback depth. So it it may look like maybe Demo Lenore might end up starting aside Jason Verrett come Sunday. Yeah, no, and I'm excited to watch some D- Demo. He he looks so good and in the preseason, and you know I I really think starting in an NFL game uh, will give him a lot of good experience. Uh, and, and he's someone that I really liked uh, watching in preseason and training camp, and everyone's raving about him. So I'm excited for him to get a bigger opportunity. Uh, Ambry Thomas may even get a bit of an opportunity, you know, because their cornerback depth isn't the greatest. I, I don't know if they're going to play Josh Norman right out of the bat. Um, it would be nice to see Josh Norman. I, I, I like Josh or I like Josh Norman in Carolina. Didn't like him really in uh, Washington, but you know, well, I, I think, I think we'll add some good depth. Uh, the secondary, you know, it's, there's always uh worry about depth in the secondary and it's already starting to show. Yeah, absolutely. And I, and the thing is, I also feel comfortable if Lenore starts a corner aside Verrett, I wouldn't be worried or anything. And especially because Detroit's wide receivers are pretty underwhelming. It's not like they have, you know, a Calvin Johnson or Kenny Galladay of the or Marvin Jones of guys of the past. Now they're running out their Tyrell Williams, Amon St. Brown and all these other guys. So I wouldn't think it's a pretty 
good way to start off your career if you're Lenore. So if that's the case and he's the one who's starting, I wouldn't be too worried about that. So we'll see what happens there. I think that's also something to kind of keep our eye on heading into this game. And before we get to the injury report, so the Niners and Lions, obviously that's the matchup on Sunday in the last four regular season meetings. The last time they met was in week two of 2018. Niners won that one 30 to 27. They played in 2015 where the Lions beat the Niners 32-17. And then the Niners won in 2012 and 2011. Of course, 2011 was the famous Harbaugh-Jim Schwartz game in 2011. And also another fun fact here, the Niners have lost only once to the Lions since 1996. And they've played 11 games since then. So the odds are in our favor. But of course, I think that this game is either going to go one of two ways. It's either one, the Niners are just going to absolutely crush Detroit. Or two, it's going to be one of those weirder games where Detroit comes out, plays really, really hard, and the Niners kind of just squeeze by a win like a 24-21 type game. I'm, I'm leaning towards more of a blowout. You know, I, I just think this offense is all healthy for once, finally. And, you know, I, like if you look at the Lions defense, there's – there's nothing that excites me on their defense. So, so like, I, I just feel like we're, we're going to – we have the better matchup, clearly. Our offensive line is all healthy, which is so important. Uh, you know, we're going to run the ball. We're going to – we're going to – I really like I, – I really think he's going to have a breakout game. Uh, and, you know, Kittle's back. Like, like our, our offense is so stacked, and their defense, like, I, I'm just not scared, you know? Yeah, it is one of those things where you look at on paper and you're like, this game shouldn't be close. But th- then again, that that's the NFL, and that's where these games that's get kind of weird. But I'm I'm totally with you too, and I just I I can't see this game being close at, at any kind. I just think the Niners are too good, too strong, too powerful, and a lot of these guys are itching to get back to you know being healthy again. Like you mentioned, Kittle, Garoppolo, Mostert, you know, a lot of these guys didn't have that opportunity and now they're getting the opportunity to play more with the ones. So it's, it's going to be important for them. And Debo and Ayuk, of course, too. I mean, they hardly got a chance to play with each other last year. Now they're going to get a chance to do that. So, and like you mentioned, the Trent, bros are back. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to be, I mean, it's going to be mental. Like if it, like if it all points, all signs kind of points award, like the Niners dropping 30, 40 points in this game. With these oh, guys yeah. on the field. There's just too many weapons on the field that I just I can't see Detroit finding a way to stop it. Even though Dan Campbell says so. But he also said there's going to be kneecaps bitten off. So in that case, maybe <laughs> maybe we should wrap Nick Bosa in bubble wrap. Because we don't want his kneecap bitten off. But before we get to the injury report, let's go with some bold predictions um, in this game. I'm going to go with two here. I'm going to say... The Niners' run game is just going to be devastating. I think Mostert has a game over 100 yards. I think Hasty and Sermon get going. And the Niners run for over 250 yards in this game. And our defense balls out, too. I think they're going to have three turnovers. I think it's going to be a great debut for D'Amico Ryans. I think three turnovers, two picks, and a fumble recovery. Uh, those are those are those are some good predictions. You know, I, I'm gonna go uh, the opposite way on offense. I think Jimmy G balls out, and I think Kittle, Ayuk, and Samuel have a day. Maybe each getting a touchdown. You know, going for fifty to hundred yards each. I, I I really think Jimmy's gonna ball out. Uh, and on the defensive side, you know, I, I think Bosa's gonna have a big day. I, I know you said they're gonna ease him into it. I think he's gonna come out swinging hard. 
And he, yes, they have a really good offensive line, but I, I think Bosa is going to come away with, you know, at least one sack and, and a lot of pressures. Uh, I think Warner is going to have a good day too. Fred, Freddie's always good. He's always out there. And I, I think the defense are going to have uh, a couple turnovers in general, and, and they're going to keep it to a low scoring game. Oh yeah. Freddie's going to be everywhere. I mean, that's, that's a guy like if you're watching a Niners game, you cannot, you know, you can't miss him. Yeah. He, he's you, always there. Yeah. You, you, you cannot miss Fred Warner. He is literally everywhere. He is the, the heartbeat of this defense. That's a guy who I'm definitely looking forward to seeing as always um, moving over to the injury report here. So we talked about Emmanuel Mosley who did not practice. I would assume he's most likely not going to go, but hopefully he'll trend in the right direction in the coming weeks. But more bad news for your guy, Jalen Hurd. His knee apparently has been sore ever since that Raiders game, and he has not practiced at all. Shanahan said that they want to shut him down for a little bit of time, and I, I, I just don't know, man. I don't, oh, I don't man. know about Jalen Hurd. Like this is, it's getting a little much now. And I know, I, I, you know, I read a lot of tweets earlier saying, you know, why does Shanahan want to keep him? In? L- let's be real. Kyle Shanahan is literally just doing every single thing that he can to keep him on this roster and hold on to some kind of hope. I think he just really, really wants Jalen Hurd to play. And I just don't know if his knee is going to let him. Like, it's just, it's, it's, very, it's a very strange situation. Yeah, it's getting to the point where it's just like, you know, you, you got to play. You got to play. This is the, this is your third year, you know, you had, you had, Big injuries the first two years. You you just got to get out there, and if you can't get out there, you're not gonna play. But but Shanahan loves his uh, toys, his pieces for the offense, and uh, Hurd is just one of those guys. And you know he is taking up a roster spot. Uh, if he is injured, he'll, we'll have to get another wide receiver. But uh, you know, I don't think he's gonna get that big of a chance unless he's a hundred percent healthy, which it sounds like he'll never be. Um, yeah. It's, it sucks. It sucks. I really like Hurd. I uh, I know you do, and it's just it's unfortunate, and it doesn't look like he's going to be suiting up this weekend against the Lions. So the question is, how long do you wait and see? Because I think at some point, and honestly, I thought the I, I mean, then again, he played in the Raiders game. He looked good, but if the knee isn't ready consistently, because this is a seventeen game season, and this is exactly what I meant, like. And I know Jalen heard this is this he's different than all the other players because he's been dealing with this injury consistently, unfortunately. But having a 17 game season, sure, for us fans, it's fantastic. But for the players, it's not good at all. Because I'm saying the only way that this works is if you add a second bye week, then yep. I think everyone can kind of look at each other and be like, okay, we'll have another, you know, week of rest in there and we'll have that extra game. So it's all good. But they're not. They're just going straight up. We're adding another game, but you have one bye week and your bye week could be anywhere. And I think for some of these teams, I'm, I'm not going to lie, our bye week kind of sucks in week six. But some of these teams, I think the Patriots and Dolphins, I don't know who else have their bye week in like week 14 in December. I would love that because take a look here. And this is something that I don't think a, some people I know pointed out to last year, but not a ton. And the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were seven and five going into their bye week in week 13 which is one of the latest weeks you could have a bye week. Obviously, this year, I guess they pushed it to 14 with a week 18. Tampa was 7-5, and five, struggling. Going into that bye week in late December, the Buccaneers ran the table and went all the way to the Super Bowl. That bye week can be crucial, and I think the Niners, yes, we kind of got unlucky with having a week 6 yeah. bye week, 
And I think having a bye week later on could definitely benefit a lot of teams. But obviously, going back to Jalen Hurd, I just I think at some point John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan got to look at each other and be like, all right, at at some point we're we got to figure out what to do with this guy because, like you mentioned, he's hogging up a roster spot. And you know, at the end of the day, we got to do what's best for the team. Yeah, yeah. Again, I agree with that. I think that would be. The point that we would probably see that if Hurt is not put on like uh, IR, then uh, we could potentially see it uh, coming near uh, the bye week, the bye week or the trade deadline. Because the bye week, we we may try and reevaluate and get a guy so we can have a full week of practice before, like two full weeks of practice before getting into the game or the trade deadline. Because maybe we make an acquisition and Jalen Hurt just has to go. Uh, so. There's time for him to heal, but you know, I it's not really promising. Yeah, I think you give it a few weeks, not a ton, maybe two, three more weeks and see. I just I just don't see injured reserve as a good solution because okay, what you're gonna put him on IR, see when he heals, and then come back. But the thing is, he has never played a regular season game for us at all. He has missed two yeah. straight seasons. So what good does it do by putting him on IR when I think you need to have the conversation of like, all right, it's either we cut him loose or if he's healthy, then sure, we can put him on IR for a bit. But I, I don't know, man, that situation. Well, uh, the IR is like the season ending IR. So like, if he has to go on that, you still get to keep it. I'm pretty sure you get a roster spot for putting a guy on season ending IR. Oh, you do? Yeah, no, no, no. So, 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 so that's what I'm saying. Like, if his knee's out again, they could technically just put him on season set. Like, that. that's a possibility because you never know with Jalen Hurd. That, that's what it's been like the last two years. So they could just slap it on again if they wanted to. But if they don't, then they'll cut him. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but three straight seasons on IR, man. I know, I, just, I know. I- I don't know, but we'll we'll see how that situation plays out. But it's um it's 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 been very unfortunate, I think, to say the least. And heading down to round out the rest of the injury report, Kevin Givens was limited with a hip injury. Javon Kinlaw was limited with that nagging knee injury, and then Trey Lance was limited with a finger injury. But all all signs are pointing in the right direction for Lance as he is slowly getting going. I have a feeling he he will be active. On game day, I think he'll be good enough to go. The question is obviously in what capacity will he be involved with the offensive game plan? That is to be determined. So we talked a little bit about, you know, what we're looking for in this game and all this stuff. But I think the one thing that we didn't talk about, which I guess we, we kind of did talk about a little bit, is this quarterback tandem thing. And I don't yes. really I don't really think we're gonna see a lot of it due to the finger injury. But I mean, you know, what do you think? I think, I, I think personally we're not going to see a lot of it because, uh, again, as we mentioned, the finger injury, and I don't think they want to give away so much tape um, already on Trey Lance. Cause, uh, but I do think they want to sprinkle some into it so they make teams prepare and get worried for Trey Lance. But at the same point, as you mentioned, we don't have a great bye week. Our bye week's bye week six. But we have two quarterbacks that we can start. So if Jimmy G is playing for most of the year, Trey Lance is is ready and like ready to play, but he's not exerting the same amount of energy. 
So come later into the season, as you said, with that extra game, we don't know how it's going to be for us. If Lance takes over uh, sometime midseason or near the end of the season, he's going to be probably the most fresh quarterback going into the playoffs because he's only played a certain amount of games. And I think that could be an advantage for us, considering no one has dealt with this 17 weeks yet. Agreed. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good call. And I think, yeah, knowing how to handle it and maneuver, which is why I said it's a, it, it's going to be a grind this season. And that's why I think it's best to to not fully involve him a ton in this game and let Garoppolo do his thing. But, you know, if you feel comfortable putting him out there for a few plays, definitely do it. And I think Trey Lance will be involved for a little bit, but I just don't think it will be a ton as to, like, you know, not like what we saw against the Raiders where it was like every other, you know, play. I think it'll it'll be mostly Jimmy, but Lance will come in. I I would say maybe red zone plays, right, to kind of keep things limited. But we'll see what Shanahan dials up. I mean, it's it's exciting. I want to see what this offense and this defense does against, against Detroit. I think we got, you know, two pretty easy games to start the year and then things get a little tough. And then, you know, it's go time from there and we're going to see what this team's made out of. But keeping it that way, obviously, since it's, you know, before week one and looking ahead to the entire season, we've been talking about it all off season. The Niners season outlook as a whole. We both think there's going to be high expectations here easily between 11, 12, 13 wins for this football team if everyone stays healthy and stays together. For me, when I look at the NFC, I'm not really scared. I think there are four other teams in this conference that I think are the Niners' top competition in this conference, and that's Tampa Bay, Green Bay, the Rams, and the Seahawks. I I think you're crazy for not putting the Cardinals in there. I think there's five. Like I agree with you that there's not many teams in the NFC I'm very worried about, but every single team in our division I am worried about. Uh, you know, this is the most stacked division. I wouldn't be shocked if every single team came out of this year four and four against the division, just because of how stacked it is. And you win at home, you lose on the road. Uh, it, I just, I just don't see any other division as like not even close to as hard as ours. We have four legit contenders that were, if they were in four separate divisions, could win all of the divisions. So I, I'm, I'm. So excited to watch Niners in meaningful games again. The Niners, and uh, it's going to happen a lot this year with how great our division is. Oh, absolutely, no question. Like I, I do think Arizona, of of course, no doubt. Every single NFC West matchup is going to be a grind, and it is going to be, and we're going to get Arizona's best bet. You know, we always do. Um, I'm kind of just, I kind of just said those four teams in terms of the entire conference and the teams that I think are championship contenders. And I think those four teams and the Niners, those five teams are championship contenders. I'm not ready to deem the Cardinals that contenders until they make the playoffs. Like I got, I feel like I got to see that happen first. Right. But with those other teams, I've seen it, right. They've all done it. They've all been to the Super Bowl. All five of those teams have been in the Super Bowl. So I, I think I need to see it from Arizona before I can deem them to be in that group. But, oh, no doubt, those those two games against Arizona are going to be massive. You got to win those, and those divisional games are huge. And we got them weeks four and five are our first two games back-to-back before we got a bye week, week six. But I think when you talk about the meaningful games throughout the year, definitely every single divisional game is meaningful, man. I mean, it's it's a playoff game, and I think that's the best part about what I think preps the Niners 
going into the postseason, obviously knock on wood that we're able to get there, is the fact that we play in such a competitive division sets us up for that. And we look at our schedule, week three against Green Bay at home, that's a tough game right out of the gate. Week 10 against the Rams Monday night, I think is an incredible game. Week 13 at Seattle, that's another playoff-like atmosphere. And who knows, week 18 against the Rams could be a serious one um, when it comes down to playoff implications and all that. And then I, I would add in week 16 against the Titans, I think could be interesting as well. And we'll see how good the Colts are because that week seven matchup could be interesting as well. Yeah, yeah. Again, I'm so excited for this season to start. Uh, There's a lot of games I'm really excited for, whether it's competition-wise or I think the Niners can outright win. Uh, Health, biggest concern this season as it was last season. Uh, Everyone make sure to, you know, say a prayer that the Niners can stay healthy this season because we need it. We need it badly. And if we are healthy, we're competing with the big dogs. But health is the number one Thing, I would say no though and and speaking of health I mean my god I just I, I I wish the best of luck to every single Baltimore Ravens fan out there right now because on behalf of the Niners fan base I feel you like, <laughs> I, I, I honestly because because we because oh. we just went through it a year ago we know how it feels to lose that amount of guys and it's just it's it's deflating, honestly. And I just I cannot man, when I look at the the amount of injuries that have happened for Baltimore in the last two weeks, I'm like, damn, man. I mean it, it gave me a weird thing of deja vu and I didn't like it. Yeah, yeah. I also I also want to send out the love to uh, all the people who drafted JK Dobbins and Gus Edwards this season, thinking that they were gonna be so amazing. Um, those injuries suck so much for fantasy. <laughs> I know, I know I drafted Gus Edwards in one league. I, in one of my main leagues, uh, a guy drafted JK Dobbins in the third round and then Gus Edwards in the seventh round. Cause he wanted to grab the handcuff. He was excited when Dobbins went down. He's like, it's all right. I have Edwards. And then Edwards went down today and he's like, I, I, I quit. <laughs> I mean, it's. You can't describe something like that before week one has even happened to lose your starting one, two, and three running backs for a team like Baltimore, who is a very run-heavy offense. You just, you you can't script something like that happening. It's insane. And now it's up to, you know, washed up Le'Veon Bell and a few rookies to try and get this run game going. It will be very, very interesting to see what they do, but I bring that up because you know us Niners fans dealt with that a year ago, and so and and I know how how that must feel, and it just it's absolutely devastating all around. You know when when you're thinking about that, and and also another random note from some other teams out there because I was going to wrap up this episode by going ahead and and wishing good luck to all the Niners players who aren't on the team this year that obviously left for another team in free agency or via trade, a.k.a. Defoe, KB, Tevin Coleman, Ronald Blair, C.J. Beathard, Matt Breida, Kella Witherspoon, Solomon Thomas, and of course, Robert Sala. Man, I'm rooting for Sala and LaFleur in New York. I've never cared for the New York Jets ever until now, 
I'm rooting for the Jets. On I'm, I'm rooting for the Jets yeah, on Sunday. I'm a Jets I truly... fan through and through right now. I, I love Robert Sala. He was a great coach for us. He's just a great human being too, not just a coach. And I, I really wish nothing but the best for the him. And I, I hope we see the Jets in the Super Bowl, even though that will definitely not happen. <laughs> not this year. Maybe in a not few years. Not this year. Yeah. Definitely. No, definitely, definitely not this year. It will be a, it will be a tough season for the Jets and Salah this year. But I truly do believe that this is going to be a lengthy rebuild, like the one that we injured, which Salah was a part of. I think it will take a few years, and obviously, it will depend on the growth of Zach Wilson and some of the other young guys around him and their developmental, um, or how they develop rather, and as to how far. Um, that rebuild will come along, but definitely not this season. But I do seriously wish the best of luck to Robert Sala, Mike LaFleur, and, the, and those ex-Niners in New York. Is you know, If Sala were to able to turn things around with the Jets, I mean, that's more than an incredible accomplishment. I mean, you literally just did the impossible. I mean, hey, listen, Kevin Stefanski did it with Cleveland, so I don't see why Sala can't do it with the Jets. So... We'll see what happens. But one more thing I do when I end off here, which is just completely ironic. And I know, you know, I'm glad I, I hate to say it, but I'm glad that I don't that I don't have to see these two guys in a Niner uniform. My God, I saw them a little bit too much over the last few years that CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. But <laughs> I just found this whole thing crazy. And I don't know if you re- realize it either. So in Philadelphia, Nick Mullins was was with the Eagles this offseason. He was their third string quarterback. He ended up getting cut at the end of the third preseason game because Philly traded for Gardner Minshew in Jacksonville. Gardner Minshew went from Jacksonville to Philly. So now you're probably wondering who's quarterback number two in Jacksonville. That would be our guy, CJ Beathard, beat (laughs) out Gardner Minshew and then ended up cutting Nick Mullins in Philly. Random how I just, I don't know. I thought that was something interesting to kind of bring up. It's really random, and again, I'm I'm very happy. I hate to say it because I do I lots of love to CJ and Mullins, but I'm just very happy that they're not in a Niner uniform right now, and it'll be the Jimmy and Lance show this year for us. But I also CJ is another guy that I do wish nothing but the best of luck for. You know, he gets to sit behind Trevor Lawrence. But I watched a bit of preseason uh, for Jacksonville, and Beathard balled out. I was really proud of him. I was like, I was like, good for him. So I'm happy that he made the roster there. It's really great stuff. And some of those other guys, Matt Breida and Buffalo, I hope he's able to get things going. It's, it is. I know we've talked about it previously, how Breida has had a hard time with other teams getting going. And that's because you don't have Kyle Shanahan and Bobby Turner on your side. That's why. <laughs> so, so it'll be interesting to see how he gets going. I truly do hope that he's able to get things going. Another guy, Solomon Thomas as well. I really hope that he's able to have a great year in Vegas. And Kendrick Bourne is another one as well. I love KB, and I wish him nothing but the best in New England. So with all that further ado, that'll do it for us. So let's finish this off here. What's your final score for Sunday's game against Detroit? Uh, I'm going to go on a limb and say 40 to 20. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> you really think we're just going to completely wipe the yeah, floor with yeah. this? Yeah, I, I just think we're going to have a really good game. He's, I think I, I, I do think we are as well. I think the Niners offense is going to be clicking left, right, and center. I'm going to go 34-16. I think it will be a blow for the most part. I think Trey Lance is going to end up coming in for the last 
two, three minutes of the fourth quarter in garbage time. And I think the Niners will take it from there. But week one, Sunday afternoon, one o'clock Eastern time, 10 a.m. Pacific Niners at the Lions. Cannot wait for that in the next week. We will recap that game, talk about everything that happened. Hopefully, knock on wood. I feel like we're going to be doing this every... We may <laughs> we may need to make it a segment before every single game. Just like literally just take a second to pray that no one gets hurt. Yes, yes, After 100%. Like, I, I think, agree. Like I think we're like triggered from last year and how oh, that yeah. went. And again... And again, for any Baltimore Ravens fans that are listening, I apologize. Truly sorry. I truly apologize for that. But seriously, like we went through it. It was awful. And I just, again, pray to God that everyone comes out okay. If there are any injuries, hopefully it's just, you know, something minor and nothing serious. Because that's all that matters. You know, it's a 17-game season. There's going to be a lot of bumps and bruises. But that's all. Like, please. Like, I I don't want any... No major injuries, knock on wood, pray to God that that happens. But that'll do it from this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Jay Sahota, Zach Chevy. Enjoy the game, Faithful. Enjoy tonight's game. Enjoy a great Sunday of football. Should be a terrific Sunday slate. And we'll see y'all next week. And hopefully the Niners get a dub on Sunday. And we'll be celebrating the first victory Monday. So have a good one. And we will see y'all next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the 49 Away Podcast. Keep it locked. We got a lot more content coming your way. And don't forget to give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter for more 49ers news and analysis.